Welcome home to the Tiny Hat Energy Podcast. My name is Amanda, and my commitment is to be radically vulnerable as I share my story, energy, and love with the intention it will help you as you journey through life. I am on a mission to help create a new world of love where space is saved for everyone's Tiny Hat Energy. My name for the energy present when we embody our most loving, vulnerable, and authentic self. Together, we will walk through both immense suffering, from trauma, addiction, incarceration, grief, and mental health, and immeasurable joy from overcoming suffering, finding my tiny hat energy, and living once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Every moment of my life has been a gift from grace calling me home to my natural state of love. After almost taking my life in a desperate attempt to stop suffering, I finally woke up and answered that call. I welcome you to join me on this journey of learning, unlearning, healing, and loving. I'm so grateful and humbled that the universe brought you here with me today, and I love you. Welcome back to the podcast. I have been away for four weeks, and I have missed you all so much. I have missed recording these episodes, and today I am going to get really deep into why I've been away for four weeks and what's been going on in my life and my journey with my spiritual journey and my ministry journey and leading into the topic of today, which is my favorite word in the English language after love, grace and this concept of grace wins every time and talking about how grace has been this major point and focal point in my life this past month. So before I get into that, just kind of updating what these last four weeks have been like. When I last recorded an episode, I was in Tahoe. That was awesome. I recorded my Holy Moments episode, which is an incredible episode and really lays the groundwork for the podcast going from this point forward and my journey to ministry and everything that has been unfolding with that. After Tahoe, we had quite a wild month. We did all of California. We saw Sacramento, San Francisco, San Jose, Pinnacles National Park, Yosemite National Park, Fresno, Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Parks, Santa Barbara, Palm Springs, Joshua Tree National Park, and then we landed in San Diego a week and a half ago. And this is where we are for the winter. So for at least three months, we are here in San Diego. It has been incredible. We love it here. We did our honeymoon here. We did our seven year anniversary trip here. We have some really deep friendships here and the core of our conscious community is here in San Diego. Being around that and sharing in that friendship and connection and community has been amazing. We do leave tomorrow for a few weeks to go back to Arizona. We are going home to see family and visit some friends and take care of some things. And then we will be back in San Diego for New Year's and at least January, February. So that's kind of been the journey and we haven't had any more leaks. (laughs) We have had some car issues. We made it to San Diego and went to get an oil change and the Tahoe needed a lot of work. It's been a really great opportunity for gratitude and also it's just kind of been a bummer. It was a really unexpected thing and you know we've been in a rental car for the last few days. We obviously can't to our house without our Tahoe. So we've kind of just been sitting here waiting for our car to get fixed. Really grateful we have the ability to do that. This ministry journey has been really challenging and beautiful. Of course, something that is aligned with God, source, creator, whatever you call your higher power would be so incredible and mystical and magical. Every city that we go to, I visit the Unity Spiritual Center of that city. I've now been to six of them. 
it's really interesting how my journey with ministry is unfolding through these unities. I obviously started in Unity of Portland. It was there in Unity of Portland that I healed my relationship with church, that I started going to church weekly and have every week for several months now. And it was listening to Reverend Lisa talk that I had my calling to ministry. For me, you know, wasn't a positive reaction. It's not something I had ever considered before that day at 30 years old. It's definitely not what I thought that I wanted to do with my life. Through what I'm about to share with you as that's been unfolding, I've been really kind of seeing how there's just no other way. (laughs) Then we got to see Unity of Reading, where I met an incredible woman that is a divine gift from God. Mary Grace has kind of become like my mentor. She is just connecting me with all of the right people, places, and things. And her sermon that day was called Wanted Truth CEO. And if that's not God telling you like, hey, I've got a job for you, then I don't know what is. It was one of those God moments for me where it was like, yep, I've been really deeply ignoring this call to ministry, and I can't do that anymore. The next sermon after that in Fresno, it was kind of like my breakdown moment, and the pastor was talking about ministry, (laughs) of course. The sermon title was Answering the Call, and he literally said, This is exactly what you do for ministry. I've been sitting here, I've been grappling with what to talk about, and I just, you know, prayed on this right right now before my sermon, and this is what Spirit told me to talk about. And there's only like 15 people in the room. And of course, it's answering the call. And he goes on to talk about Matthew 25 and how that's ministry. That is the ultimate ministry, and it's food, clothing, shelter, water, visiting the sick, and helping those in prison. And it was just this moment of literally God coming down and saying, you have been praying and you have been asking what I want you to do. Here's the answer. Like, this is what your ministry is about. The next week after that, we were in San Diego, Unity of San Diego, and the sermon title was Launch into Faith. It was the how. So I got the, here you go, wanted, looking for, you know, someone who loves God and wants to spread truth and wants to spread love and wants to help people. And here's what, Matthew 25, food, clothing, shelter, water, sick, prison. And now here's the how. And it just couldn't be more divinely aligned each week what the sermons are. So Launch Into Faith had another acronym, which was RPM, stands for Receive ponder and move into action. So be open to receiving, be open to receiving guidance, be open to receiving signs and assistance and love and grace and all of these things. Ponder that, sit with that. Meditation is huge. Pray on that. And then the biggest one that I've kind of been missing is this move into action. Actually get out there and do the thing and trust that you don't need to know the whole thing. You only need to know the first step. And so that's kind of how this journey's been unfolding. I've had someone donate a chunk of metaphysical Bibles, which is the first step in forming my prison ministry, which is going to be a major focus of my ministry, having been in prison myself. It's so beautiful looking back on it now from this new lens that I went through that so that I can go in and help other women, other humans, see that freedom is in the mind and the heart and with your higher power and that incarceration does not define you and that you can build this beautiful life. 
And I've had, you know, one of these ministers is working on a prison ministry course and, you know, another minister has been incarcerated as well. And so I'm just going to these cities and approaching these ministers at all these unity churches and every single one of them is a perfect piece of this puzzle. And I'm just so grateful and it's so beautiful to see that happening. On the flip side, I have really been, as I've often talked about in this podcast, facing the duality of light and dark, if you want to call it that. This kind of positive and negative polarity of life and of existence and of the nature of the human mind and capacity. The more and more and more that I move into the light and exude that light and embody grace and what I guess you could call Christ consciousness, God consciousness, divine consciousness, the more you have to face those shadows and you have to face the darkness and the more that stuff is going to come up to be expressed and loved and released. For me, this has been this really interesting journey. For me, it really came to this last Saturday, actually a few days ago. I, for no reason at all, woke up in the toughest place that I have been in mentally in a very long time. I couldn't get out of bed. I tried praying. I tried meditating more than once. I tried taking a nap. I tried going for a solo walk. I tried puppy snuggles. I mean, I tried every single tool in my toolkit, and no matter what I did, it kept getting worse. I was just spiraling into these just dark thoughts to the point of not me consciously but like suicidal thoughts coming up again and it's like where is this coming from it was a really tough day I woke up Sunday morning and I got up and I went to church to a different church here in San Diego of someone who founded their own church on unity principles but kind of broke off and did their own thing which is obviously what I will be doing and was just completely centered and brought back to truth and grace and love the title of the sermon was is that you god and discernment and discerning how god speaks to us like through others and through that still voice within this all kind of comes into this concept of grace and where i got this title from was that morning i was driving home from church and i'm listening to music and the song comes on and the song said grace wins every time and i just started laughing and you know there may have been some tears of joy it was just this reminder of grace did win i went through that really dark tough day of all of the darkness and thoughts i mean like addiction thoughts and and self-harm thoughts and depression thoughts and all of those tools and traumas and things of my ego coming up and I didn't identify with any of them. I just kind of sat and let them express as miserable and difficult as that was and I woke up the next morning and I went right back to it. I went to church, I went to pray and meditate and grace wins. Grace wins every time. I shared all of that backstory just so you can kind of understand how I've come to this moment, this moment of my life and this podcast episode. As I said in the beginning, grace is one of my favorite words. It's such a beautiful metaphysical and divine concept. It is actually tattooed on me and it was going to be the name of the pregnancy that we lost. Of, of our daughter and will be in the future. I have grace, divine love and protection tattooed on my forearm. I've always just been so fascinated by this concept of grace. I'm so excited to talk about it today because it's absolutely beautiful. 
Grace is not just this abstract idea, though it is a very abstract idea. It's a living force. They debate how many types there are. Some say three, some say five, seven. It's a very complex idea and force, and it encompasses many things. Some things that really resonate are grace is freely given. It is completely freely given to all souls, all humans, to everyone on this planet. It's a divine means of help and strength, and I love that. A divine means of help and strength. It's a spiritual gift that comes from unconditional love from God, source, creator, whatever you believe in, and it pervades all of creation, meaning it's universally present. It's everywhere. It's in everything. It cannot be removed or added. It's just always there. It really teaches us to let go and know that we're not in control. I know for me that has been a really big piece of my journey. When we think of ego, one of the you know three core negative emotions, I've talked about this before, sadness, anger, and fear. Each one of those has a correlating belief, if you will. So sadness is the belief in lack. Anger is the attachment to outcomes and fear is the belief in control. You know, with fear, the mantra that the spiritual academy that I'm in uses is, I am not in control, I am being lived. And that to me just so beautifully applies to this because that is grace. While we have free will, we're not in control and we are being lived. We are all expressions of the same divine consciousness. We are all expressions of God, source, creator. We all have that divinity in us and we're not in control. We have free will. We can certainly, you know, make choices that are not aligned. But at the end of the day, when you look at the grand scheme of existence, we're not in control. And that's the beauty of grace is we don't have to be in control. So when you relinquish control, when you remove the personal self, when you remove the personality and the preferences and the ego and the mind and all of these things, it throws the door open for grace to go from this external concept floating around you to this internal thing that is happening within and through you. There's something that I really wanted to touch on around grace, and it's when you Google it and you do research on it, there's this word that comes up incessantly, and it's undeserved. I choose to look at this differently. A lot of people look at this as meaning humanity doesn't deserve God's grace. And that to me is very religious, sin-based, fear-based thinking. And that is not something that I personally stand for. And that is not the truth that I've come to experience in my life. I much more resonate with love and love-based thinking and all paths to God are valid and religion has been a beautiful thing that is unfortunately being used to control the masses. I really want to challenge the meaning of this word undeserved. You don't have to and you can't earn grace. So we don't have to deserve it. What if undeserved means we don't need to deserve it. It's not even in a question. You can't earn it and you don't have to. You just get it freely to everyone no matter what. So yeah, it's undeserved. But how we look at the meaning of that word is so important. 
this kind of really comes back to something that I have just so deeply pondered and sat with, and I've mentioned several times in the show, is language. Language matters, and we humans get so attached to the words. For example, God, God, source, creator, higher power, mother earth, etc. You get the point. Whatever you call it, it's that same inherent divine essence that created all of creation. And when we get stuck on language, it divides, it separates, it keeps us out of oneness. I've been just really sitting with and constantly meditating and praying and asking God, like, how do I speak truth and love and share you and your message externally of religion, externally of all of these things, externally of labels and control and fear and sin and all of that, and do it in a way that the language resonates with the most people and doesn't deter people because a lot of people are deterred by the word God. I was deterred by the word God. I was calling it universe and source for almost a year. It took me to heal kind of this relationship with language and realize that the word doesn't really matter. So I'm challenging that, that undeserved doesn't mean you don't deserve it because, you know, you are in sin or you are born in sin or all of those things that fear-based, control-based religion teaches, but instead means we don't have to deserve it because it's just there and we can't earn it. When I started kind of going down this metaphysical research of grace is when I started to get some really good stuff. And that's really where my comfort zone is. I really like metaphysical translating the Bible. I really like metaphysical translation of, you know, God, spirit, source, creator. Something that I saw was grace is an aid from God in the process of regeneration. And if that doesn't accurately sum everything I shared in the beginning of this podcast, I don't know what does. I am in the process of regeneration. I am in the process of leaving behind, you know, my ego and my personality, the personal self, and all of these things that aren't serving me, you know, my traumas and all of this stuff. And that is regenerating me to be in the image of God, source, creator, to be the light, to be the embodiment of love, of truth, of God. What more perfect aid than grace? It's just so beautiful to me. The other thing was you're no longer looking for an outside source of light. You become the light. That's the embodiment of grace. When you stop looking for a savior or you stop looking for the light, you never want to stop seeking your higher power, but when you stop seeking it as a means to to save you or to escape you from the suffering and you start realizing you are the light, you are grace, we are all grace, we all come from grace, we all have grace within us. And when we start to become that and believe that and know that truth, because that's truth, we start to embody that. And that's kind of the process I'm in right now. It's like really solidifying how to embody my light and how to embody that divine God essence within me, how to embody grace and compassion and love and empathy and all of these beautiful spiritual concepts that are necessary when you're walking a path of ministry, that are necessary when you want to dedicate your life to humanity. And while all of that may not apply to you, grace applies to us all. When you recognize that your partner had a tough day and maybe they acted out of alignment with their highest self and you choose to forgive them and you choose to love them anyways and be kind because they've had a tough day, that's grace. 
when you act out of alignment and you do something that's not in alignment with your relationship with your higher power and you come back and it's right there ready to love you with open arms, that's grace. I think if humanity could just have a little bit more grace with each other, life is tough. We are in really tough times right now. People are hurting, the world is hurting, and imagine your toughest days and how much a little bit of grace would impact you. The challenge for this week is to take this concept of grace, whatever that means for you, however that manifests in your life, take this concept of grace and carry that out into the world. If it's somebody is, you know, mean to you in traffic or in the in the grocery store or on the phone, show them kindness, show them love. We never know what somebody's going through. I know for me, when I lost my father, which was extremely traumatic and tragic at the time, I was a nightmare. Anything would set me off. I couldn't call any of the utility companies or anything like that because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't not enter that low vibrational space. And there were some people who had grace with me and there were some who didn't. And that just made everything so much worse. So I really encourage you to meditate, pray, journal, whatever you do to connect on this concept of grace. How can you have more grace? How can you invite more grace into your life? How can you start to embody that? Because it's true. Grace wins every time. Love wins every time. Light wins every time. God source creator higher power wins every time. I believe that with every essence of every cell in my body, in my soul, in my heart, in my mind. I believe that. I know that. I've experienced that. That's truth. The more that we can foster that and share that with each other, the more that we can move humanity forward, the more that we can have more love and more grace in our own lives. Thank you for being here with me today. As always, I love you. I love you. Go get some grace. Go go spread some grace. Go embody grace. And I will see you all here soon.